Welcome to episode three of the Drive the Bid podcast. My name is Brad. I am sitting here, as always, with Jeff Sutton. How's it going? And Derek Shakey. Hey, hey. Excellent. So we are here to talk about car stuff and auction stuff and uh, general things in the world of cars, like always, right? Right. All right. Quick point of business to start us off. Uh, Drive the Bid podcast is brought to you by autohunter.com. Autohunter.com is a seven-day online auction where you can submit your vehicle to be sold and presented to the world instead of presenting it to your local Craigslist community, right? So you can go on autohunter.com and you can submit photos of your car and have it submitted for a seven-day auction and get it uh, get it sold within a week. Pretty good, pretty good stuff. Yeah. Most importantly, that submission is free, so there's no yes. upfront cost or anything to submit your vehicle. Perfect. And you can set a reserve on top. Excellent. All good things. Um, Autohunter.com. That's where uh, you can do that. Also, if you don't want to use an auction, we do also have a classic car listing site called ClassicCars.com, which is a online marketplace for vintage cars. So also look into that. Um, ClassicCars.com and AutoHunter.com. All right, moving on to the episode this week. I swear, I'll get that professionally like recorded and done, and we'll have a nice little intro of an, our, our ad every time. We'll clean it up a little we'll bit. clean it up a little bit. Anyway, moving on. Last week, we talked about what? Photos, right? Right. Helping you sell your car on the internet. Pretty important. Selling your car to somebody sight unseen beyond photographs and how important it was to use photographs. This week, I would like to piggyback on top of that and have a conversation about what else beyond photographs is important. Because the plan last week was to talk about all the things that are important to get out there to the public for selling your car on the internet. Mm -hmm. And we got through photographs, and uh, it obviously is a bit of a point of uh, contention with all of us dealing with photographs, mm -hmm. that we spent an entire hour talking about photographs. So versus that this week, let's uh, break it down a little further and a little quicker about the rest of what's important selling your car on the internet. Um, obviously, the closest thing to photographs is moving picture shows. <laughs> the <laughs> talkies. Otherwise known as videos. <laughs> yes, yes, the talkies, as Derek <laughs> says. Uh, yeah, videos. Videos help sell your car, too. So uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to Jeff because Jeff is a video guy. So video guy, what's important in a video for selling your car on the internet? So for the sake of what we do in terms of selling your car online, I think the best thing to do is to keep it simple. So generally what we'll recommend as far as videos go is something super easy, less than a minute, can be recorded on your phone. And typically what that is, is just a simple walk around video with the vehicle idling. Most of the time, I know a lot of people like to think it needs to be over the top, um, but in reality, what you're doing is you're just presenting the vehicle and you're giving an audio uh, file essentially for somebody to listen to along with the written description done by our riders and the photos that you supply of the car as well. So that helps a lot in giving a different perspective of the car and usually puts more bidders at ease and they're more likely to bid on your car. Yeah, it's important to remember when selling a car online, again, it is sight unseen and pictures tell most of the story, but the one big thing a picture doesn't tell is sound. Right. Um, and it's very important when buying a car, an older car especially, to make sure that the mechanical components of said car are in good shape. So you're right. We don't need a production. You don't need to mm -hmm. have 15 people helping you out standing on clifftops videotaping your car driving by. Right. What we need is 
Sometimes it helps to do a cold start video. Mm-hmm. The car is not warmed up. It's cold. You walk out to the garage, you know, turn the car right on, videotape the whole thing. That way people will see that A, the battery is strong, it starts right up, it doesn't have any issues starting cold. No squeaks. No squeaks, no rattles, no weird belt things. Mm-hmm. Then you could walk outside the car and walk to the back of the car and they can hear the exhaust note through the exhaust. Um, if you're by yourself, one thing you could do is put your phone on propped on the ground and give it a couple quick little revs of the gas so they could hear, you know, what the car sounds like with a little bit of, you know, power going through it. Those are blips, by the way, not pinning it against yes, the rev Yes, don't do that. <laughs> a couple of quick blips is all we need. Yeah, no burnouts either. Yeah, don't, yes. yeah, we'll, we'll get to that part in a minute. <laughs> um, then walk around with the camera or your phone in this mm-hmm. case, which is on landscape mode. Yes. Yep. 100% on turn landscape mode. Turn it sideways. Um, open the hood, put the phone under the hood and videotape the engine running. That would give a good indicator of any you know issues that might, you know, does the car have rod knock? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm assuming that you're trying to sell it and it doesn't, but I don't know that. Give me a video. Guess what? Now I know it sounds good. It sounds strong. It sounds healthy. Mm-hmm. There's no weird noises. And I think that that on top of the pictures goes a very long way. Um, as far as anything else goes, that's really the minimum that we would look for in any kind of an online auction sale or mm-hmm. even an online sale period. If I were to go on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and see a car far away, I would probably ask that seller for videos. So it's not super complicated to do. And listen, we're trying to sell the car. You're trying to sell your car. The more you do, the better, right? And like yeah. I said, yeah, less than a minute can go a super long way, yep. um, especially in cases where sometimes with the vehicles heavily modified, like we see, sure. I think it's even more important. If you've got a lumpy cam or whatever, that will help a lot, I think, in getting that point across, right? In some cases, that'll help spur up some of the emotions and some bitters and make them realize how much they do want that car. Yeah, much like the photographs, you want to embellish the things that are good. Right. You know, what, what drove you to this car? What do you love about this car? Show the potential buyer that. Yeah. You know, sell them your experience. We talked about it before. If you could have some photos in the end of your listing that show it, you know, at a show or an event or, you know, parked out in the woods if it's an off-road truck or something something that sells the experience of the vehicle. Storytelling, yeah. Storytelling with the vehicle. And, and the video can do a lot of that, especially if one of the, your favorite things about your car is how it sounds. Well, right. Show me how it sounds. Yeah. Like, absolutely, we will put three inch MagnaFlow exhaust in the listing and make sure we point that out, get photos sure. of it up on a lift, whatever. That's great. But don't you think an exhaust would do a better job through a video yep. of telling yeah. you what that setup is? 100%. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people fear the unknown. And, you know, especially when it comes to a car that is in a completely different state that they are not going to see with their own eyes until mm-hmm. they decide to buy it, you know showing that video, giving them sounds to listen to of the engine, the car running, all that really puts people at ease. You know, Mm -hmm. it it lessens that fear of the unknown. You know what else I would say? And I know we kind of mentioned show them what's not wrong with the vehicle, but at the same time, we have had some vehicles come through that are project vehicles. Sure. And even if there is something wrong with the way it sounds, that makes it easier for the bidders to listen to that sound and tell if it's something like they want to deal with or not. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It goes both ways. We we talked about that during the photography episode. Honesty is the best policy, right? Yep. You sell a car, you're honest about it. You might not get top dollar if it was perfect, but you Mm -hmm. don't deserve top dollar as if it was perfect if it's not perfect. Right. So be honest, you know, being dishonest and selling a car sight unseen might seem like the best way to get rid of it and never have to deal with it again, but guess what? That's not true. You're going to have to deal with it again. And because you did it sight unseen and... 
you know, there, there's all kinds of potential for problems down the road. So be honest. Does it have a ding? Does it have a dent? A video is another good way to show that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say it's got a ding or a dent and you take a picture of it, sometimes you can't see it. If you walk by it and you can catch that little reflection and oh, it's a minor dent, I wanted to let you know it was there. Here it is. Mm-hmm. See, it doesn't mean much. It's tiny. So that right. is, it, it might sound counterintuitive. People will always assume the worst, though. People so will assume the worst. And if you present them with the problems, honestly, you're bound to get more money than if people assume the dent's worse than it is. Right. So you're 100% right. And that everything goes back to honesty. You know, the car sales have such a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And... You ask a general public person, like not somebody who's in the industry or not somebody who knows anything, like, what is your opinion on car salesmen? And immediately, and I'm not yeah. saying that it's warranted or true, so mm-hmm. don't be offended if mm-hmm. you're a car salesman, but the general public perception is that car salesmen are trying to take get one over on you, right? That's mm-hmm. that's something that's a common thought in, in the world. So yeah. let's break that mold. Let's pretend to be better than we even really are (laughs) let's be good people basically and the way i look at it too is okay like if you intentionally leave something out okay you might sell the car initially but it is just going to be a problem in the end you know it's just going to be a hassle so yeah not only to be you know a good person about it but also it just makes it easier for everybody makes it easier for the seller the buyer us here at auto hunter just you know disclose what's there and then you know see what the car gets 100%. 100%. I agree with every statement you just made. Yeah. It's kind of live the golden rule, right? That's mm-hmm. the treat others like you'd want to be treated. If you're going to buy a car, you want to know what's wrong with it. So if you're going to sell a car, you better tell them what's wrong with it. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I feel like pointing out little flaws, like a little ding here or there, it's not even so much about pointing out that actual that particular flaw it's showing the potential bidders oh hey this person is not only thorough but they are conscientious and you know maybe a little they too what honest. About. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it it shows that you are honest, basically. Yeah. Like, I would never have seen that ding unless you pointed it out. Thanks for being a good dude. I'm going to buy this car. And I'm not even going to try to get it for less money because it has a tiny ding on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it definitely works. So, moving on from videos. Videos are important. Oh, I want to touch one more thing on videos. Um, I guess advanced users. <laughs> if you have a little more equipment or some way to mount even just your cell phone in the car. A driving video is a great idea as well. Mm-hmm. Um, gets requested. It gets requested a lot. That's one that you could have a passenger hold a cell phone camera. If you had a GoPro with some kind of a mount or a suction cup mount, you could mount that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Generally, somewhere inside the car facing forward is best. Um, that shows that the car drives down the street nicely, doesn't mm-hmm. make any weird rattles. You can hear it shift. Yep. You can hear it shift. You can hear the engine through the rev range. Uh, what's important on these videos is we're not looking for you to show off. Right. As this is what you mentioned earlier. No burnouts. We don't want burnouts. We don't <laughs> right. want drag racing. We don't want drifting. We don't want anything that would be considered illegal by anybody. And it's not for legality reasons, although it kind of is as well. But it's not for legality reasons. It's because you're, again, presenting your car in its best light. Nobody's going to bid in a car that you immediately see doing burnouts and donuts in the listing. <laughs> so right. that's not what they're buying. They're buying the car as a car, not a abused toy. So we don't need to see that. It's uh, no burnouts. 
you send us a video of burnouts, guess what? Your video is not getting posted. <laughs> and, and touching on that, I mean, you know, I can imagine there's some people that might be a little reluctant to be in the video. You don't have, you don't even have to be shown driving. You right. know, if somebody, if you mount the camera right, or if you yep. have somebody riding with you, they can just shoot, you know, the dashboard and the windshield, the view out the windshield, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know? I'm, I'm going to say, actually, we prefer that. We prefer you not to be in the video. Not that we don't want to see your smiling face happy in your car. It's about the car. But the the whole listing is about the car. It's not about you. No selfie mode. Unless you come with the car. Gross. But last I checked, we're just selling the car. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, that's a whole (laughs) different option site. Um, It's on the black web. Yeah, we're not. (laughs) Moving on. Or the dark web, I should say. Moving on. Um, Keep the camera facing forward. Sometimes people will submit a video with... You know, they hold the camera out like a selfie and they're like just talking into it and then turning it around to the car. No, show us the car the whole time. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody wants to see your face. You don't even need to comb your hair. Just make the camera face forward and talk about it while you're showing the car. Because that whole time you're talking about it, showing it on the selfie mode, you could be showing the car and walking around mm-hmm. slowly around the car. And the longer you show the car, the better. So please, yeah, no selfie videos. And that's the thing. I mean, with photos, with videos, you know, it's great if you supply info like, oh, it's got this feature, it's got this uh, option, this extra. You got to be sure to show it, whether it's in photo or video, but ideally both. You know, it's yeah. one thing for, mm-hmm. for my guys to to write it up and, you know, say it's there, but, you know, yep. it's best to show it. Proof is in the pictures, right? If you have a functional analog clock ticking away, show us a video of the clock. If you have mm-hmm. a functional power antenna, make the antenna go up and down. Do all these things that... That work. Like I think you mentioned earlier, the power top. Make the yes. power top go up and down. Make the That's windows go one. up and down. All these things are important to the next buyer of the car. So, and if I know all those things work, I can buy a car in confidence. You right. know, if I don't know, if I know, don't know these things work, I'm gonna adjust my price accordingly to potentially have to repair things. Right, and mm-hmm. if I don't have to fix it, I can pay more for it. Yeah, especially if it's like an older car uh, or an older restoration. I mean, in a car that, you know of a certain age that's got parts of a certain age, you know, you might be doubtful of whether or not they work. And so a video showing, yeah, the power top going up and down is like, oh, sure. okay, well, uh, if I'm getting a convertible, at least the top works, you know? I, I think mm-hmm. you're bringing up a pretty good point, too, that I didn't even think about before, but we're not talking about a 2022 car here. We're talking about a, you know, 1950, 1960, 1985 and depending on the Heck, car, two thousand. I mean, <laughs> if something doesn't work, it's not a huge value detraction from the car. It's that honesty. But we're expecting that we're not going to get in it and drive it like it's a brand new, to foreshadow the episode twenty twenty two Camry. You know, we're going right. to get in it and expect that we can use it, and it's a pretty good car. But if little things are wrong, then just again, honest, point it out. Show me what's wrong. I'm okay with that. I'll still buy your car. I'm just going to budget, maybe knock a hundred bucks off my price to fix the window switch. <laughs> Something <laughs> along those lines. It's not, it's not the end of the world. And that honesty is the best policy. So show us what's good. Show us what's bad. Obviously concentrate on what's good, but show us what's bad too. And just, just be honest. And, Take and a good video. Another thing I'd like to add into that is, you know, the, the buyer base on our site, so many of these people know how to make fixes or they know a shop or they have a shop mm-hmm. where they can make certain repairs to things that might not be working. So it's sure. not just, you know, uh, wet behind the ears people as far as cars and you know one little problem is going to be an absolute deal breaker to them a lot of times they know what it costs i say we expect it we expect there to be issues with your 75 year old car Mm -hmm. i mean it's a 75 year old car it's not 
not many things last as long as cars last. If and not all things are reproduced. Yeah. Not, not, not all things last as long as that. There's not many functional 75-year-old televisions out there, you know? There's no. There's a significant number more of cars, I would think. And there aren't a lot of uh, 1981 Cressida gas tanks out there either. So. As we discussed earlier, yes. <laughs> that's uh, my current project car. Um, okay, what else is important to selling a car online? So we have photographs. We have videos. Your story, which if you sell through our site, I'm not trying to just make a shill the whole time. Our uh, lovely gentleman here at the table, Derek, will have his himself or his team of writers write a great story about your car. But your story is important. Don't skimp on details. Mm-hmm. If we want, if we ask, or if anybody asks, what is the story with the car? I bought it ten years ago. Okay, great. cool. Where did it come from? Why did you buy it? Why are you selling it? What options? What does happened it have? in between? What is the, do you know the production number of these cars? Do you know how many are currently left? Do you know who restored it? Was it restored? Mm-hmm. Why was it restored? What panels were replaced? What's been done? It, there's, there's a number of things. Almost countless. Yeah, you're right. Countless, countless things. Sure. More than a number. Countless things that it can happen in the span of a car, especially a car that's at this point 50, 60, 75 years old. Mm-hmm. Again, even 20 years old. You know, modern cars have Carfax. We don't have a Carfax for a 1967 Chevelle. That's uh, 81 and newer. Just FYI. Correct. And even some of the early 80s stuff isn't exactly detailed on there because the car was sold. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. The car was sold in Oklahoma in 1983. And, you know, maybe it didn't go to a dealer. I love Oklahoma, but maybe it was a very rural part of the state and there wasn't access to a dealership and there's just no history on the car. So, you have an opportunity here as the current custodian of this vintage car. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of what you are because this car is expected to last. You're not expecting to buy a vintage car at this point and just drive it till it's junk and throw it in the trash. Like that's generally a vehicle that gets used sparingly and is collector cars being collected and will move on to the next, the next owner or the next custodian of the vehicle. But you as the custodian of the vehicle have the responsibility now to be that car's Carfax. Tell the story of the car. Move that story on. If you have documentation, hold on to it. Don't throw it away. Move it forward with the car. Keep everything together because there is no proof. Your word is your proof. So the more documentation you have and the more story that you have in the car, and that can even be period photos from when the car was new, if you have them, or when Mm -hmm. the car was restored. A lot of cars that were restored in the 80s or 90s, we didn't have digital cameras. People took pictures with Polaroids or they took pictures with film and you should have, you know, a photo album full of five by what, whatever size those are, three by fives or just a whole photo album full of pictures. Like keep that stuff. You know, was there a magazine article about the car? Keep that magazine article. There's all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. that tells the story of the car. And the more you have it, the better to bring up the car. You just mentioned my 81 Toyota Cressida. I don't have a lot of story with that car. Not yet. Not yet. I can, I'm building my own story with the car, yeah. but it didn't, didn't come with a story because the person who I purchased it from purchased a lot of land that the car was on. <laughs> so there was no real story with the car. He didn't know. In my working on it over the past couple of days, I've uncovered an old registration from an owner who at the time lived in Alabama. So now wow. I know the car didn't live in New Mexico its whole life. It was mm-hmm. from Alabama originally. 
And I wound up searching this person up and I found out who they are. I found out when they lived in Alabama, when they lived in New Mexico, when they retired and moved to Texas and left the car in New Mexico, the whole story wow. of this person because the internet is a wonderful place now or yeah. a scary place. Both, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a little this, both. Yeah. So this woman's entire history from her, you know, birth to death was on her obituary. Wow. And I was able to track where she was from and where the car went to and all just, just through that. So, now I have that original, or not the original, but a registration Part from the story of the 25 car. years ago. I've now built some of that story because the paperwork was in the car. It had been cooler if I knew it was there. You know, it wasn't someplace where you'd find it. I was taking the car apart and I found it. Mm-hmm. So neat to have it. But if you can have that kind of stuff and move it on to the next person, if you can tell the story of the car, you're only building value at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes these cars have a history where it was owned by an employ- a Ford or a Chevy employee, and, or you know it was used uh, in for promotional purposes or as a pace car, right? Something like that, you know. Sure. Yeah, and, and like I said, you're you're building the own story yourself. If if you take pictures and you post it places, you know whether it be on your Facebook account or your Instagram, and you can kind of take snapshots of that stuff from your computer and print it out and put it in a in document as well or give it to them in a digital document or anything you have for the car helps like i said you're just building value mm-hmm. that's all you're doing you're building value in the car you're, you're adding to that ownership experience and mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're doing you know I, I i have a plan to now that i know who this woman was at the place where she's buried i happen to drive through that town often mm-hmm. we might drive the car by and you know, put some flowers on her grave and remember her and take some snapshots and just, it's a story for the car, right? Does mm-hmm. it mean much to anybody right now? No, but that's a story that I'll always have and I will always be attached to that car. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's stupid stuff you that could, might not mean much. Right. But when you attach it all in the end, it means something. And it takes that car from just being a 1981 Toyota to being this car that carried this person across the country and then became part of my story and became part of whoever gets it next story. That's exactly what I was going to say. The word of another way, I was going to say you could have any 1981 Cressida you want, but you sure. can't have that sure. 1981 Cressida. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and to, to bring another quick personal story in, I have another car that was given to me. I say given it was, it needs a lot of work. Trust me. It's not, <laughs> not worth much, but it's because I happen to know these seventies Dodge Colts. And this person knew that I was into 70s Dodge Colts and had a 70s Dodge Colt that his wife, who passed away of cancer, had bought in the 70s. And he didn't know what to do with it, but he didn't want to see it get thrown away. Mm-hmm. So here I am with now with this car to help continue this car story on. So it's all it's all kind of, it's, I don't know, it's cliche, but cars are more than metal, they say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I've always seen it that way. I mean, it's not just about the machine. It's the people that are connected to them. To me, I find that even more fascinating than the yep. cars themselves. That's why there's countless car magazines out there. And if you read a car magazine, the story of the car doesn't just say, this is a 1968 GTO. It was built here. It has this. No, it usually has some flourish about this car was bought new by ex Pontiac employee, like you said, or ex Navy sergeant, or who knows, whoever it is, or school teacher from Texas, or, or whatever it is. And then you know what happened to the car after that there's always that story and like i said that that's it's kind of an often overlooked part of a car's value i think well the other thing is you know it's important not to look too far in you don't need to find every little detail of the car itself right in some instances you will buy a car that maybe doesn't have any documents or records sure. or anything to follow back on no, 100%. So, i'm saying that helps build value if you have it right well what i'm saying is as the new owner of the car 
it's now your opportunity to make sure you start keeping track of your own documents. Yep. So if you do your own oil changes, keep those receipts from um, your various auto part stores that you get your oil from and your sure. filters, and then just start documenting the car yourself. And then you will start to build that value throughout your ownership, whether yep. that be one year or 10 years, however long And that's it why is. I brought up you know Facebook and Instagram, because that's what we do with pictures nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be you took pictures and you printed them out at the 24-hour CVS uh <laughs> photo lab and moved on but now we use facebook we use instagram we use Flickr, or whatever you're posting on the internet um and that's that's where that is being documented every time you're working on the car i don't care some people take pictures of the dinner every time they eat some people take pictures of the car every time they're working on it and mm-hmm. it's just human nature it's who we are and that's like you said that's building the story so i think that's an, an overlooked an overlooked thing often with cars we're not just buying and selling cars we're when it comes down to it, we're trading historical artifacts. Mm-hmm. So maybe an 81 Cressida isn't the most important Rolling car in the world. Maybe a 56 Ford pickup isn't the most important vehicle in the world as it's, as it's individual. But, you know, every painting in the Louvre is important for different reasons. And every car that's still on the road is important for different reasons. So absolutely. Anyway. What else is important, guys? There's some I, other stuff. Uh, I, I, was, I had something in mind, and I think, uh, Jeff, uh, you'll agree with me on this. Um, going back to, you know, saying like, oh, I bought this car 10 years ago, and that's it. Along those lines, it's important to be as accessible as you can to our reps who are very thorough and asking questions about the car. And in doing that, they might jog your memory about something like they ask a mm-hmm. question about the engine where you just originally thought, OK, it's a 350. They start asking questions about that. You might start remembering, oh, well, I did this to this. And uh, sure. the person who had it before me, they installed this. Be accessible as much as you can so that our reps can, you know, get as much information out of you and that process will start you thinking about things that you might not remember right off the top of your head yeah i think that that skips forward a little bit too if if we can to the end of the process when you're actively selling the car whether it be on auction or be on a listing site being accessible is the most important part if somebody asks a question don't not answer them especially on the auction one if you have an auction that's seven days and somebody asks you a question on day two, get in there and answer it. Because if they don't get the answer, they don't know, and they can't make that next decision on if they're going to move forward with bidding on this car or not. And the sooner you get those answers, and the more communicative you are, then, again, that goes right back to your honesty. The more the, the buyer trusts you as a seller and understands you know, that you are there, you are answering these questions. You know, Maybe something we didn't touch on in the listing, he, he, he doesn't. He didn't list in the ad what rear gear it has, and the customer's like, "Oh, what's the rear gear on the car?" And mm-hmm. you can tell them, "Oh, what mileage?" Well, obviously, what the mileage all the time, but what mileage were things replaced at? Maybe that won't be there, and now it will be there. You know, do you know if the mileage is true? Who painted it? What kind of paint is it? What color paint is it? There's going to be a lot of questions that are going to come up, and people will ask things like, and even things that you might think are simple, like. Does the radio work? Does the AC work? Does the power, all these things that you could probably answer in a video, but even if it's something that you've already said, or we've already said, or whoever you're listening to the car through has already said, it's important to be there and answer those questions again, because maybe that person just didn't catch it when they read the listing. Maybe, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe there's a reason they didn't, they didn't know, but if they take enough time to actually ask the question, 
take enough time to answer the question because at the end of the day, you're trying to sell the car. <laughs> We're not just showing right. the car off. Like you're trying to sell the car. So be accessible also to the buyers of the car. Yeah, and you can be proactive about it. I mean, it, you don't even have to wait until somebody asks a question. If there's new information that you got on it or there was something that you, for some reason, forgot to put in the listing, yeah, there's a comment you can throw it into in the, the comments. Office. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's even things that maybe we can't state for a fact because we don't have proof that that is what happened. You know, you don't have receipts for a rebuilt engine, but you know it has a rebuilt engine. We can't say the engine was rebuilt because we don't know. But mm-hmm. if you go in the comments and you could say, listen, I was told the engine was rebuilt and you could say it runs great. And then you could put that comment out there as long as it's true, obviously. Supplemented with a video. So, Supplemented with a video. It definitely helps. Great for sure. But if, if you have comments like that, that, hey, we can't prove it, we can't say it. But you can go in there and be like, listen, I, I don't have the proof, but this is what I'm told and this is why I believe it to be true. And you can put that mm-hmm. kind of stuff in the comment section of most of these auction sites, to be honest with you. It's not, again, not just shilling our own here, which obviously we're doing, but whatever mm-hmm. auction site we're talking about, you can, you can do that stuff. And that helps, again the listing along and helps get more money for the car. And it lessens the distance. I mean, not physically, but you know, that direct connection to the seller, I think yep. is going to inspire a lot of confidence in potential buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Like it does. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I, I agree. 100%. This is uh it's not rocket science. It's selling just, a car on the internet. Yeah. Just <laughs> if you break it down to nothing, take good pictures, be nice and respond. I mean, that's really it, right? What else do we need? Good that's, video too. Yeah pictures and video take good pictures and video be responsive and just be nice yeah you know we've seen instances where somebody gets annoyed by a question and they'll call somebody a name in a comment section and it's like man you don't want to tick somebody off who's trying to buy your car that's right yeah well in the other way too i mean you know if you're if you're asking questions about it you know just just be civil you know yeah don't assume the worst just just be cool yeah 100 percent. there's a right way and a wrong way and let's get it the right way So moving on, um, those are the biggest things I think that we can talk about that add value that you can do for your car. Obviously, I think the storytelling is a deeper, longer, not something you want to do the week before you sell the car. That's something you want to do (laughs) as you own the car. That's a bit of advice for the entire car ownership, I think. Um, I think that's becoming more of a thing nowadays anyway. More people because of the internet, because of social media are Mm -hmm. taking and sharing pictures and Again, maybe not so much of their brand new car, but at least their project cars are being more. Everything's just more documented by the nature of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to work to have a camera. You don't have to get film developed. You literally have an iPhone or an Android phone or whatever other options are our phone in your pocket mm-hmm. with a pretty good camera and you can document the process as you go along. So, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, you know, it's not like the eighties where you got a giant thing on your shoulder and, you know, for the photos and video, it's all a one-stop shop on your phone. I mean, you're snapping pictures of stuff anyway. So just get it all notes done. as well for oil changes and things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah keeping a, notes. Lot of, a lot of people have journals that we see from some of the older cars. You can definitely yep. do that on your phone nowadays too. When, if you take over ownership now, you can start keeping notes for all the work that you've done. To it. Yep. Absolutely. And this isn't going away. This is like new car dealers are going to an online purchasing style. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go to a Tesla dealer and buy a Tesla. And I heard some rumors and grumblings that some of the new forwards aren't going to be sold through dealers. They're going to be sold online. And the keys are now available through a smartphone app as well, right? Yeah, the exactly. So can be fully accessed. This, this isn't going away. This, this is the future. So, uh, uh, you know, 
to be blunt, adapt or die, right? Like <laughs> f- figure out, figure it out or be lost to time. You know, that's, that's, that's unfortunately it's hard to say, but you go in your local Craigslist listing now and there's a lot less cars than there used to be, especially of the vintage variety. There's a lot more advertisements for dealerships. Um, this is, this is the way, you know, autohunter.com obviously is our, our baby. It's what we do. It's where we work. Mm-hmm. We, we want it to be successful, but we're not the only one. And the reason that there even is competition in this world is because there's enough space for it because enough people are doing it. There's enough cars being sold on the internet every day. That's not an anomaly. I, I, I can think that 15 years ago, if I said, Hey, I'm buying a car sight unseen on the internet, people will go, well, you an idiot. You have to look at the car first, but it's changed, you know, right. And it's, it's because of sites like ours, improvements in digital photography, all kinds of things have, 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 have changed that. And it's opened up the entire world of cars to you. Yeah. Now you're not limited to what's in your local ad, right? right. You can now see whatever car you're looking for. If you want a 69 Camaro, maybe there's not one in your small right. town, but maybe there is one over in Florida that's available for you to buy. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember the days when my dad did this quite a bit. He would always go in the classifieds, you know, just a small block, black and white text, you know, and drive out there. You know, I mean, it's so... I have fond memories of that, but, you know, it is so antiquated now, you know, there's well, you no th- picture or anything. You think about it in 2022, if somebody tried to sell you a car and the local newspaper was the only option and you had three lines, a hundred characters. Not a lot you could say. Not a lot you can say. No pictures. And then you get this random person's phone number and they give you this random person's address and you drive out there with $5,000 in your pocket to some off the beaten path barn. That to me sounds way more crazy than buying a car sight unseen on the internet now. Yes. Honestly. Yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe we used to do that, to be honest with you, because that's what you used to do. You used to go to some random stranger's house with thousands of dollars in your pocket and no history of you going there because there wasn't GPS and buy their car. So, sure, is there an opportunity in the online buying a car to get taken advantage of? There is everywhere in life. But I think this is a pretty. Uh, a modern way to do things and probably a safer way to do things. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is too, you know, once you buy it, it's not like you have to drive out there and, you know, uh, make the trip out there. You can just get the car shipped to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I personally have bought a car sight unseen on the internet from the exact opposite coast of the country where I lived and sent the guy out, you know, a money order. He sent the title. Then we, uh, organized the day with a truck to pick the car up and a truck, arrived at my door with a car so sometimes not at your door sometimes down the street because they can't get to your door but yeah. depends on where you live i guess but in this particular case it was down the street and then i had to figure out how to get it home from down the street with no plates or insurance but that's a whole other story it can be done part of the adventure part of the adventure yeah yeah but what helps is at the end of the day is detail in terms of getting everything out there so that way somebody who is on that other coast looking at your car has all the information they need to feel comfortable in buying the car and that's what the entire last episode was about and what this episode is about it's making sure you have the right amount of detail to get your car sold Mm -hmm. and we're just giving you we're giving you the tools to make it happen right we have a lot of experience obviously seeing a variety of different cars that come through the site every day and obviously these are what we found helps um, in terms of sell your car for the most money and make sure that we get it uh, sold for you and presented in a right way that makes everybody happy 100 percent. so 
Anyway, um, I would like to move on, gentlemen. At the end of every episode, this show so far, we've chosen our favorite car of the episode of, of the week that's mm-hmm. available for sale on, of course, AutoHunter.com. Um, have you all chosen a car? Uh, yes. Before this episode began, 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 excuse me, before this episode began recording, Jeff and I decided that we knew. <laughs> Here we go. What car <laughs> Jeff was going to pick for his favorite car what, of the week. What Derek would pick. Yeah, sorry. Jeff and I discussed we knew what Derek would pick. I apologize. Um, there are two wild cards. Yep. Uh, but one car that we both chose together. Yep. I think not, I know what it is. Not together. But we, we both individually chose the same car. So with that information in mind, Jeff, what is your pick of the week for the cars available on autohunter.com? You, you want me to go first? I did it again. I looked right at I Derek say, and I said Jeff, we, you, can't build, you can't build it up and then not have Derek go. All right. So Derek. 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 After that large build up and then immediate... <laughs> ruining of everything uh, that I did there. What is your pick of the week this week? Okay. Uh, this this was a hard one. Uh, and let me Drum just roll, say, please. I think I know which one you thought I was going to pick. Okay. And it is, um, it is, I'm going to have to say just number two. Um, and it is the uh, white 1989 uh, Lotus Esprit. Yes. Yep. Uh, because I just love the wedge shape, the simplicity of it. Also, mm-hmm. you know, there's a James Bond connection to the Lotus Esprit, obviously. Mm-hmm. But my number one for this week, just based on the photos, the quality of the restoration, just is the uh, 1939 LaSalle 50. It is just gorgeous inside and out, especially the interior. That I is just, a wild card. Yeah, oh, okay. That's, that's not what I picked as like my no. alternative to the Lotus. Nope. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, what was, was not, it? Um, it was our 300E. Oh. Is what I had picked as a possible yeah, Derek a, alternative. Uh, 50, oh, okay. 59 300E convertible. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's a pretty nice car. White tan interior, tan top. Uh, pretty rare car. Luxury that, cruiser type I thing. Had, I had two second choices. That was one, and the mm-hmm. other was the 1976 Cadillac Mirage. Yeah, that one's cool uh, too. Yeah, okay. which is a Cadillac <laughs> pickup truck, um, a coach built kind of deal. So yeah. that was that was my second pick for you, but uh, I am I'm shocked and disappointed that we were wrong. Uh, but I like that you knew where we were going with that. Yeah. So <laughs> he, he knew in his heart what he wanted to pick, right? But no, the, the, that particular LaSalle is it's um, gorgeous. It's a pretty cool car. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go on that listing, I think I actually did the video for that one with the, the voiceover on the video, which doesn't look like it's posted there. Interesting. Um, but it's a very pretty car. Um, LaSalle, unfortunately, doesn't exist anymore. Um, mm-hmm. LaSalle was a upmarket, lower market GM. So it would have been higher than a Pontiac Buick Oldsmobile, but lower than a Cadillac. Um, it was pretty much, I mean, it was pretty much a Cadillac, minus a couple options. Yes. Um, one of those marks that's been lost to time, I guess. I don't know when the last year of LaSalle is, but it, it may have been sometime around then, maybe in the forties. I don't. I don't know. I could believe fact. it if it was. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been gone for a long time. If it wasn't late forties, it was it was definitely the thirties. Uh, so, 
unfortunately, LaSalle is so far lost of time that any quick Googling, all you get is LaSalle University. So there's no, uh, <laughs> mm, there's no quick, uh, 1940, not, 1940 was the end of it. So it's hard to find information about LaSalle. There's not a whole lot out there. Well, in general, again, right? if a vehicle stopped being manufactured in 1940, right. You know, there's not going to be a lot of internet sources for LaSalle information, I guess. Yeah. There's not probably a huge number of them even left. Um, we work in a in a company that's a car company, and a lot of people here are into cars. Mm-hmm. Um, Weird, and had never even heard of a LaSalle because they're have only been into newer cars. Mm-hmm. You know? And by newer, I mean like sixties on up. So it was interesting to see that some people didn't know what a LaSalle was. But I think it's an excellent pick. Um, I I really like late thirties GM cars. They all kind of have a very similar look to one another. The grills are the easiest way to tell them apart. And the LaSalle grill is one of the better. So. It's very, uh, very distinctive. Yeah, it's a very cool car. It's a dark gray metallic over like a three or four different tone tan interior. It has like all the, I'm sure they're not actually ivory. They're probably kind of a Bakelite plastic, but all the M, all the push buttons and handles and everything have that white plasticky. I don't know. It's, it's a very cool it's very uh, a Christmas story car. <laughs> the way he changes the tires on the side of the road. I think it's a same era GM car. I forget if it's an Oldsmobile. Dad was an Oldsmobile man. Is that what they say? Or a Buick man? Uh, maybe Oldsmobile. Oh, yeah. man. I'm getting all my details wrong today. This is not good. <laughs> all right. So, Jeff, what is your choice for the week? Uh, my name is Derek now, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you started saying something right then? And I was like, did I get it wrong again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. My pick is a gorgeous yellow 1956 Ford F100, which normally I feel like I I will pick a muscle car or a sports car of sorts. Sure. But this is, I should say, obviously being an F100 means it's just the little uh, two-door truck. So in in that sense, Mm -hmm. it's still a two-door automobile. Uh, So it's it's a really big trunked coupe. Yeah, let's yeah. go with that. Um, I think what makes it most interesting is the fact that it has a 1957 Thunderbird 312 engine in it. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, that's the bigger displacement um, first-gen Thunderbird engine. And I think, you know, keeping it Ford on Ford is great. And the engine looks absolutely gorgeous. And plus, I think seeing, I think the yellow is a good color for the truck, personally. It takes, stands out. It takes the right vehicle to pull off yellow. Right. Um, and this generation pickup truck definitely pulls off yellow right i've always been a fan of that body style ford pickup mm-hmm. um they're they've helped they've they've picked up a lot in value recently well, for sure i also think that's why the values range so much there's such a big delta between the bottom and the top for of sure. the f100 yeah. market um i what i remember about these trucks and why i fell in love with these trucks um goes back to my childhood days as a scale car nerd Uh-oh. um which i probably shouldn't say childhood days i should say my forever life days because I still am a scale car nerd. <laughs> um, but the our radio-controlled car manufacturer, Tamaya, mm. they made a monster truck called the Midnight Pumpkin, and it was a black and dark blue two-tone 1956 Ford mm. F100 body. Mm. And uh, that was always my one of my favorite RC cars growing up. So You call it Tamaya? I have to call you out for that. I've always called it Tamiya. I've always called it Tamaya. I don't know what the correct... Wow. I don't well, know you, what the correct You grew is. up on the East Coast, and I grew up on the West Coast, yep. so maybe that's where... But the I've heard it called from. both both ways as well it's not anything that's been in particular i think quick somebody fact check this we'll fact check that after the show we'll call it, we'll call it back next time 
Um, I guess that leaves it up to me, huh? Yeah. What did you pick? So I had a very hard time this week. Really? Um, There's... I don't want to say there's not a lot of cars here I would drive because I would drive all of them. So it's the opposite problem. But nothing stood out to me as like an immediate, that's the one. That's the one, yeah. That's the one I need. That's the one I want. Um, I've always been a sports car guy. Mm. Um, Lots of options. We have a 66 Austin Healy 3000 that I'm way into. Ooh, Um, okay. But my current want and desire and what I've been looking for, I, I guess... I guess I'm always looking for is a vintage off-road vehicle. Um, I had a Dodge Raider for a long time, like an 80s square boxy off-road vehicle. And I love that like old square boxy, not a car at all off-road vehicle. Right. And we have a 1962 International Scout. I was looking at that one. Yeah. Um, Not the blue FJ, which might be what you thought I was going to pick. FJs are cool, but... I think dollar for value wise, a scout is a better buy. Um, they're not cheap anymore. For a long time, they were. <laughs> they're no longer cheap. Uh, I don't. Obviously, I'm not going to say what the reserve is in this vehicle, um, but I would drive it. Um, scouts uh, are cool. Yeah, it's a looker. I mean, yeah, it's it's yellow like Jeff's pick, a nice creamy yellow. Yeah, white Brad, bumpers I can help but notice it's yellow. Yeah, well, it happens to be yellow. But the cool thing about this vehicle, if you look at the pictures inside, it's got a bunch of color-matched cool accessories. Uh, he has, like, a cantina and some other stuff that's all got yellow plaid on it. Um, it's got vintage axes mounted to the side. It's got vintage shovels and flashlights and a yellow plaid. The whole presentation, when we talk about presentation on a vehicle, mm-hmm. this truck has the presentation. It's got adventure theme all over it. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. It has the presentation and I would 100% use this to go camping with. Um, and that's what I want it for. Oh, uh, you'd be prepared. I with yeah, I probably would bring modern camping gear as well just because it's uh, a lot easier to use. Um, but the interesting thing about this is it's a 60s vehicle. It doesn't have a big old V8. It's a little four-cylinder, 152 cubic inch. Um, it would be a nice, quiet, I don't want to say it would be efficient, but more efficient than a big V8 one. Uh, and I think it would be just a neat traipse around the northern Arizona woods in this thing and, you know, carry the dogs and go camp out for a weekend and drive very slowly home because it's a 1962 National Scout. <laughs> well, yeah. It's downhill the, most of the way home, though. So no Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Possibilities are endless with that uh, bed in the back there. It's a parade vehicle in the spare time. Rent it out. Sure. Get some of your money back. Sure. I mean, you could camp off ground. Push back, you could your camp off ground. Right in the back. Yeah, yeah there you be, go. It's a very it's a very interesting vehicle. Um, and like I said, it has that presentation. It has that look. And I, I've i always loved Scouts. Uh, and I, I definitely love this one. So I'm into it. So two yellow cars this week. So from the guys that normally pick cars who have now both picked trucks on this week. And then Derek, we decided yours the was really big. it doesn't pick the Lotus. Yeah. We decided yours was a little really big coupe though. Remember? Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Coupe. That's what it is. <laughs> Race car. Cause it's got the big displacement Thunderbird engine. So it's fast. Sure. It's also three on the tree, which is cool on your truck. Uh, yes. Well, my yeah. truck is the coolest. So that's well, whatever. That was obvious. Buy it and come talk to me later. Uh, ooh. <laughs> anyway. Now available on Auto Hunter. <laughs> yes. Yes. AutoHunter.com, as we said a couple times already this episode. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week, guys. Fantastic. Um, we're going to wrap it up and remind you to check out AutoHunter, AutoHunter.com and ClassicCars.com. 
come sign up to bid in case something pops up that uh, you might not be able to live without. Or if you don't bid, then at least look around and read some of the stories about these cars. And honestly, it's a good way to learn about different cars. Yeah, 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 I've I've learned as I've written these uh, these listings. You know, just little bits here and there. Picked up a lot. We're all gonna be experts. Wait, we already are. It's over here. Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, (laughs) wink, wink, wink. All right, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. See you.